Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have Chase Harmer, who is the founder of Profit Pay, a fintech company that makes internet companies more money. So with no formal background in tech or development, Chase is a visionary that has created one of the most innovative platforms in e-commerce for digital agencies, e-commerce brands, and influencers. Chase has built portfolios processing billions and hustled his way into a 300 million valuation with Pay Certified. Launching a $100 million video sales funnel, Chase has spent most of his time with digital merchants, innovative technology in fintech for entrepreneurs and businesses. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the show. Chase, I am so excited to talk with you about all of this. There is so much goodness here to jump into. But before we do that, give us your background, kind of how did you get into all of this? Tell us all the information. Sure. Um, well, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I, I started as an entrepreneur um, when I was 19. I just I realized pretty early that I couldn't work for anyone else um, and <laughs> I don't follow directions very well. I, um, you know, I kind of worked my way up. I built a portfolio, started making residual income in my early 20s and uh, started uh, just kept on going down that route. I just realized that I had to start building a technology to kind of make myself different, unique from the competition. You know, I'm in a business that is, you know, quite simply, it's a commodity. Uh, credit yeah. card processing is a commodity business. So anytime that you're selling a commodity online, whether that's uh, something like what we're doing or you're selling spoons or forks, you know, something that you can get anywhere, um, you have to kind of, you, you know, differentiate yourself and make yourself more valuable to your customers. And, you know, so that's what we try to do. And, uh, you know, we uh, became very successful at it. And, you know, over the years, uh, that's helped us grow and, and grow the valuation. And, you know, yeah. we're constantly trying to look at new ways to innovate and do things. But, um, yeah, I mean, the short story is, you know, we kind of grew up in this business and yeah. continue to innovate and, and try to help uh, our merchants do more. So. So tell us a little bit about um, Profit Pay and a, a little bit about how you kind of got into this space with like no real formal background. Do you say sure. formal, but like real life background, I think, in, yeah. in tech or development or things like that. How did you kind of come up with this as the thing that was going to differentiate you? And, and how did that sort of come? I mean, have you always loved tech or no, no actually like i was always kind of scared of it you know in fact i thought um uh, that i was going to be looked at by my peers as 
what are you doing? Like, why are you trying this? Because, but what I realized is that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. You know, right. at the end of the day, like everyone's just creating stuff and they're trying to make sure that, see if it works. You know, it's like putting spaghetti against the wall. Like, is people going to yeah. like this? I don't know. But at the end of the day, no one has all the answers. You know, right. if you're trying to create something new, um, I would just say the, the best thing is just to not be scared because, you know, all the limitations we kind of set up in our own mind. You know, the fact is, is that I was scared. Um, but then once you once you actually start building things, you realize how much other people just don't know what the fuck they're doing either. So it's right. like, you know, um, you kind of just learn as you go. Like, I just wasn't afraid to take the next step. And I think that's the hardest part of this whole entire process is getting over our own mental um, hurdles yeah. that we put in our way because, you know, nobody knows what they're doing. You know, nobody was born with the ability to just be, I mean, there are people out there that are obviously like savants in this shit, but like you know, most people, like most right. people aren't like that, aren't that capable And this. You have to learn it. And, and, right. and, and the only way for me to learn something to make it sticky is to do things. And so, right. you know, I just don't learn any other way. Like people could, talk to me until they're red in the face, but I just really don't understand until I do it. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of like taking, I'm a risk taker and I was willing mm -hmm. to take the risks. And, you know, the more they got into the puzzle, the more I realized that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. So <laughs> that's so true. And I think, you know, the piece of advice on just kind of trying and, and get the shit out of your head is, is great, great advice because I think we're our own worst enemies so much of the time is the reason that we're not successful has nothing to do with the landscape, the product, things. A lot of it is mental. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. No, mental is like half the battle, you know, to get to be able to try new. Most people won't actually dare to try because they think, oh, like, look at these people. Look what they're doing. The fact is, is they probably been trying to do this for like six, seven years, you know, and right. then you're just seeing like a finished product. But in the beginning, they don't know what they're doing. It's just like a podcast. You start a podcast nobody's listening to you. Right. But then eventually like there's people listening, like no one really cares what you're doing in the beginning because no one's there. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, and I think the, the thing about the thing about a lot of, a lot of this is that people get frustrated, right. Or they'll try something and then they'll quit or they think that, you know, they're watching somebody else do it and they're not doing it as well. I think one of the questions I'll ask you is, you know, we've got, businesses, as I stated, kind of at every stage, right? So, you know, people at startups, people that have been doing this a long time. Here's a question for you. If if you could turn back the clock and, and share advice with yourself, right, on what you would have done differently or could have done differently, mm -hmm. what, what would that be? Or what would you tell people right now? Like, here is like my lesson learned, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many lessons that I've learned, but I think the biggest one is to stay focused on your core, right? Um, and to perfect that first, because a lot of times, what happens as entrepreneurs is we we start we see all the things wrong with the problem that we're solving, right? So we're solving a certain problem, but we see all the things that are wrong with it. Or the problem, I'm like, what could make it better? Like, oh, what's make it more attractive? But you really still haven't finished your core offering, you know? So it's like you kind of start spreading out in all these different directions. The problem is, is if you're always leaving something half finished, it's never going to be good enough for people to stick around, you know? Right. So I feel like, you know, we sold ourselves short in the beginning because we were always, we were trying to innovate like too much. It was like, you know, to stay focused on the core product and the core offering, and then, you know, expand from there um, and really just finish things, right? 
don't leave things half finished or like just good enough where people will use it. But it's like, yo, you got some problems. So I think um, finishing things is a, is a big, big thing is like, you know, finish, then move on. Right. No, just like see what you need to do and like, okay, let's like start tying up this thing. And then this is not your, your core offering that's keeping people around because, you know, at the end of the day, like innovation brings new clients and they're like, yo, yeah. like I'm going to try this. But right. like if your core product isn't like solid, like they're not going to stick around because the core product is what they need. You know, they want all these other things, but like they need that thing. Right. So right. in finishing that thing is the biggest thing. It's kind of like the shiny penny, right? Or or the squirrel syndrome. I think that so many entrepreneurs have is that they get bored, or it doesn't seem as sexy or as exciting, and so a lot of those things go half finished or half completed, or they're not a hundred percent done. Yeah. And then we move on to the next thing, and then we wonder why that first thing never really worked that well because we didn't finish it, or we didn't give it enough attention, or all sorts of different things. So stay focused. Okay. Um, yeah, keeping, keeping your, yourself kind of in, in your zone of genius. You talked a little bit about that with having a really good core product, right. And yeah. at the foundation of that, how did you sort of realize that profit pay was the core product and that was your hundred million dollar idea how, how did you kind of get to that point that like did you try a hundred different things and yes. this this was the hundredth or how, how did you get to that no you know it's like it's funny because my dad he's not even in this business he was an electrician but he was just like that he's like chase you know you're making all this money with the payments right the processing stuff he's like you know if you build around that like because i was like well payments is so boring it's a commodity like we got to do all these other things it's like innovation you know, blah blah well you know, at the end of the day, like what's paying your bills, right? It's not like the innovation, the innovation is costing you money, right? right. And when you, what the problem is, is once you actually, once you get investment um, and you have lots of capital, that's the bridge. It's not like when you don't have capital, it's like, okay, fuck, like we got to make these things work. But like when you, when you have a lot of capital, when you have millions of dollars sitting in your bank account and you're like, dude, we can do all these things. Yeah. It's really easy to start chasing these other ideas. Right. But if you don't build and that, that's kind of like, you know, what happened to us in the beginning is like we, we, you know, we raised a lot of capital and then we're like, yo, like, look at, like, we have to do all these things. Right. Yeah. And I think that's more of the shiny penny story than anything else, because it's not, it's not necessarily easy to do shiny yeah. penny shit when you have no capital. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Know, you know, you're like, oh, like I need to make a dollar. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it's kind of like it's the cart before the horse. The cart before the right. horse is, is is definitely the story of all entrepreneurs. Um, and it's like, well, I need this to do this. And, you know, I would say, you know, it always goes back to just focusing on that one thing. And, and, and I think, you know, losing, you know, going in different directions and costing us millions of dollars is, you know, and then not necessarily being able to recap the capital because like you start having pressure from investors too. like you have investor pressure, you have all these other pressures mm -hmm. and you're like, you're trying to do what you think's right to get more people in the funnel, but you can't keep people in the funnel if the core product's not right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many like business ideas did you have before this one like kind of took, I mean, how many, how many things did you try you know, or was it this was just kind of like magic? I mean, that no. doesn't happen. 
I don't think it's ever magic. You know, I think, you know, whatever idea you have to start a business today, it's going to morph into a million different things. Yeah. Um, you know, the business necessarily, the core might be the same, the, the sturdy core, but like whatever your business like morphs into will never be what you started with ever. Yeah. So it'll change a million different ways. And that's also because evolution, right? Evolution right. makes you, you know, makes the revolution, right? So it's like in order for you to be revolutionary, you have to be evolutionary, which means you have to continue to build and grow like with what's happening today, right? So, right. you know, when I started in this payments business in 1998, like the landscape is a million times different yeah. than it was back in 1998. If I didn't actually start morphing the business and start building technology, I wouldn't have a chance to go acquire new clients, right? right? Because they're looking for like, I need help with this, this, and this. And like, there's a million client or companies out there that are like, the core product is not just the processing, it's like, we have this slew of products. If you come here, right. you know, you're going to get all these things. Um, and, and that's kind of like the all-in-one solution. And I feel like no matter what industry you're in, yeah. it's more the more products you can combine to make the life easier of the, the client that you're servicing. Yeah. Having it all in one is less, right? Less, yeah. there's less logins, there's less all these other things. And it makes it easier for your clients to do business or just live their lives, whether you're doing consumer product or business product. So you know, having to wrap all these products into one offering, you know, yeah. definitely challenging, but it's the way of the future. And if you're not doing that, right. um, it's going to be hard for you to compete. So let's let's talk a little bit about the details of this business, because you've got another business that you've got going on. But before we kind of shift into some other ideas and things that you, that you are doing right now, you kind of have helped a, a lot of different businesses with profit, pay, you know, payment processing, all sorts of things. What do you see? And I'm going to ask you some financial tips, of course, sure. you know, what what are some things that you see either helping entrepreneurs make a real difference in their financial cash flow? What are some things maybe that you see that entrepreneurs are doing that are really hurting them in that space? Do you have mm -hmm. insight to that? I mean, you know, I think the problem, and I'll take this back to just the fintech sector and, and what some of the bigger companies are doing that uh, make it more relevant is having everything in one dashboard. A lot of times, like when you're running an e-commerce business, you have, you know, fulfillment, you have payments, you have maybe in, in, in payments, you have maybe like five different processors because your volume is so big, right? Yeah. Being able to manage that all like with one glance is, is the issue, right? Because there's so much stuff going on during the day you have fires you have employees you have you know 20 different logins it's impossible to manage it so i think the biggest thing is being able to get a bird's eye view of your business um, with one snapshot um yeah. you know so that way you can just manage your business and you can understand your business right and i think there's a lot of points and people try to get super granular with it and that's fine but like if you can't manage your employees in your business with like one like one like view and then right. you got all these other things going on right so and you know managing the business becomes secondary to all the fires because you're like yo i gotta put out these fires um so if you can't see your business because you have 20 different logins that's a problem right, right. and i feel like that's that's kind of the biggest problem um that we're solving is you know an all-in-one platform you know managing all these things all these reporting from all these different processors and Payment acquirers, card issuing, fraud prevention technology, all these things up in one yeah. is what makes this kind of unique. Um, but yeah. I feel like as a business owner, um, that's what I realized was our biggest problem 
yeah. managing all of that stuff on the back end from sure. like 20 different logins made it impossible to manage it because, you know, even managing your managers that have employees, like how do you manage those people? Like if you can't understand like the high level stuff, like it's impossible for you to be a good manager to all your people. Right. Yeah, so it's like, no way. right. Yeah. You can't grow a company that way. And, and you know, we tried and uh, you know, we weren't successful doing it uh, with all of those things. So we had to consolidate and like less is more, you know what I mean? Right. Like it really just is. So. Well, and it's kind of funny because I, I think a lot of people that I talked to on this podcast ended up building, creating, developing a business that helped solve their own problems, right? right. And so just kind of what you said, like you've created something that you saw as a problem in the marketplace and it was a problem for you as well. And this is that to solve it. So mm -hmm. a lot of times, I mean, so many businesses are built. I mean, my agency was built out of that. I, I kept working with clients and they kept saying, well, do you have anybody that can help me do that? These are all great consulting things, but we don't have anybody that can implement that. Do you have a team? Do you have people? So we created the agency model to, to build off the back of that. It, it wasn't necessarily the way that we started with it. So yeah. I think a lot of people are building and creating businesses um, based out of you know need and things like that too. So that's a cool story. So let me ask you now, I know you've got other businesses, other projects that you're working on, kind of talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you have going on with Wishes Inc. and what that kind of has turned into and evolved into. I'm really curious to talk more sure. about that. Well, I mean, Wishes Inc. Is, is, is a passion project. Um, you know, we saw as a, as a person that likes to help other people and, you know, I want to see other people succeed. We I saw an issue inside of like um, the crowdfunding space and the charitable giving space, especially like because there's so many catastrophes that are happening every year, you figure like there's yeah. fires, there's earthquakes, there's like in all these other countries, there's people that really need help and they need that, they need to help like when they need it, right? But the yeah. problem is, is like the only platform that that people can actually give to that actually solve some of these problems is GoFundMe. The problem with GoFundMe is it's like a black box. Like when you donate to a platform like that, you really don't understand what happens to the money. Yeah. And in fact, like there's lots of scams that happen because of that. And even the charitable organizations like Red Cross, like when Hurricane Katrina happened, Red Cross, there was a fake Red Cross that was set up and there was $10 million that was donated to a fake Red Cross from all these people that wanted to help. But like it was actually going to a scam, right? right. Um, you know, so what we did is we took all of the all of the stuff that we've built for profit pay, um, card issuing technology, those types of things. We've made trans, uh, we've made donations and crowdfunding donations transparent so when somebody says hey when think about like gofundme a story where somebody's like hey i need help getting my son back and forth to school i don't have a car i don't have gas whatever right mm -hmm. well we actually the donations uh, come into uh, a for benefit of account which is basically like an escrow account and they're sent over to they're pushed down to a, a mastercard those mastercards are attached to an application like lyft or uber so yeah. you actually know where the funds are being spent um, and you can actually see the donations in real time. Um, so essentially, uh, wishers, which call wishers and donors, donors get to see that their, their donations are actually really helping somebody um, with what they needed. And the wishers can't use those cards anywhere else but what they asked for. So like that MasterCard couldn't be used at a grocery store, right? It'd have to be used or, you know, 
you know, it have to be used on whatever they requested, the resources and support that they requested. So you've created something that you like, so if I donate it, like I, to use your example, I needed a, a car and mm-hmm. I want I, I set up a, a wish, mm-hmm. is that the right word? A yeah. wish um, yeah, we, mm-hmm. platform. Correct. And I needed a new car. I would then be able to donate or friends, family, whoever would be able to donate and, mm-hmm. and in real time, I could see that this money went to buy that car for Correct. me. That's Correct. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You get to see those donations in real time. And I think the icing on the cake really is um, you as an individual, you have a credit card. It could be Amex, Discover, Visa, MasterCard. But there are certain categories that your credit card allows you to bonus for, right? So you might be able to bonus for hotel, airfare, Right. right here, grocery, gasoline, because these are high spend categories for a lot of cards. Yep. Right. So because you're helping specifically with the resources and support that that person needs, like rideshare or groceries. Hey, I need groceries. I need gas. Those go into cards to help those people with those particular items. But you get to five to ten times your rewards but through our platform, because whatever your card allows you to bonus for, let's say that it's hotel. If you spend money through for a hotel through our platform on your card and your card allows you to bonus for spending money on a hotel, yeah. you actually get those rewards and incentives because um, you're, we actually we're allowing you to hit those categories on your card. So you actually yeah. help the person with exactly what they need, the resources yeah. and support they need. But by doing that through our platform, you get the charitable tax donation and you get to hit your maximum categories for your bonus categories on your credit card. Amazing. Amazing. And that I think is incentive enough, right? Lots of people, but I love the fact that you can actually see in real time what that's being spent on because you're right. So many people give to different charities donations and then they never know where it goes. Now, you guys, obviously you're making money off of this wishes and, and it's a passion project, but how do people like, how are you making money off of this? Do you take a percentage of the fee? Is it kind of just from a structural perspective so people kind of know how it works? It's the, it's the same uh, it's the fee, same fee structure as GoFundMe. So mm-hmm. essentially the 2.9 and 30 cents because we have credit card costs on the front end. Right. But we issue cards that are attached to applications on the back end and all those uh, partners are our partners. So, you know, we have some incentives on the back end, but nobody's charged any money um, for any of that. Um, and it's just really just trans we're making transparent donation or donations transparent. Yeah. And we have the same model as GoFundMe. So all things being created equal, our yeah. donors get rewards and incentives on the front end. Um, and they also get to see the donations in real time and how they're spent and, you know, where they're spent and, um, you know, so, yeah. So how, what types of people can be donors and what kinds of people can be wishers? I mean, I suppose anybody can donate to anything, right? There's probably nothing, but how do you become a wisher? What, what types of, of charities or is it anything? Like I could just create an account because I needed something or. Are yeah. There- I mean, like, you know, ultimately your account still has, you still have to resonate with people that want to fund you. Right. So similar right. to on GoFundMe. But see, the problem with GoFundMe is that only like 16% of all stories get funded. So like barely anybody gets funded, although they're still doing over $120 million a month in donations. But 16% of the people get funded. So we actually send out wish kits to all of our wishers to help them get funding. Um, And, 
you know, I think because of the fact that we we make trans donations transparent, it's almost like think about like, would you give money to a bum on the side of the road? Most people today probably wouldn't. Why? Because you don't know what he's. Your immediate thought is, well, he's going to go get alcohol. He's going to go do whatever, right? right? So you're like, you don't want to give him the money. But if you knew that that bum was actually going to go get food with that money. I mean, yeah. would that change the direct? I think it would, right? So, I mean, ultimately making these donations transparent, we expect to get higher donation amounts. We expect more people to get funded um, through our platform. And, yeah. you know, anybody can set up a wish. That doesn't mean that you're going to get funded necessarily. But if you have a great story that, or I mean, not a great story, but if you have a story that resonates with people and people, yeah. you know, feel like, they need to help you, then ultimately, yeah, you know, anybody could set up a wish, any charity could set up a wish as long as they meet the qualifications for the charity. And the differences between an individual and a charity in our platform is we don't restrict the categories that a charity can spend their money on. So you can still see your donation in real time for a charity, how they spend that money, which if you think about charities today, most people, most charities, they have huge, big charities, they have exact cost they own a building there right. they have overhead right? right so we want to make sure that our donations are going towards you know really helping people right yeah. so you can see how they spend their money but on individuals we restrict it to the categories and resources that they ask for right so if they say hey i want to spend i need this on groceries they can't go use that money for buying a new car right yeah yeah they can't do that and that I think that's what makes us really, really different, right? And make, makes it more impactful for the donor because you just really know that, okay, I'm really helping this person, right? Right. Really a difference. Right. right. Yeah. And, and you guys have already helped, I think, something like more than 5,000 people or something like that through this program. Kind of give me a little bit, you said you, know, you want to compete in the space, you know, in, in this charitable giving space, but sort of tell me what is your vision for what this is going to look like? Because this is really cool. I mean, cool technology, cool, you know, just passion project, but like, what do you see the future of this? What What's kind of your goal here? Our goal is to help over a billion people. So, you know, um, our goal is to impact over a billion people. And honestly, I feel like our model is, it's evolutionary, right? So if you look yeah. at GoFundMe, like, yeah, that was great, you know, but that's the past, right? Yeah. People want to understand like what happens to their money. And, you know, people are more hesitant to give money now because right. they really just don't understand. And plus, there's a lot of scams that happen on these other sites. So this is the evolution of, you know, crowdfunding, right? So I think that the future of crowdfunding will definitely change because of what we've created. And, you know, we our, our goal is to impact as many lives as we possibly can, um, you know, and our like our real goal is to help over a billion people. So, you know, yeah. how that happens when the timeline that happens, I'm not sure, but that's our goal, right? That's, our that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And and your website is really cool. Um, we definitely will link that to the show notes. And um, I think if if you're a business owner, I mean, you could put your story on here. You could definitely see if you could raise some funds and and different things like that. But this is a really cool platform, I think, too, if you do have uh, charities that you're passionate about, if you have charities you want to donate to or you are part of a nonprofit definitely go check out wishes. It's very, very cool. And I love, 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 love this. It's amazing. So, um, okay. As we kind of wrap up, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask so many, uh, people kind of at the end here, but 
if you could kind of take a look into the future, okay, mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest challenge facing the industry of entrepreneurship right now? What do you see as the biggest challenges and, and what recommendations do you have for maybe how to overcome it? Um, I think, you know, depending upon what you're building and what, um, you know, area of expertise you're in, I think there's just a lot of bureaucracy. Um, there's a lot of, you know, roadblocks that you probably aren't planning for, but you might run into. Um, you know, it's just kind of the American way. Um, and what I also feel like is the more successful that you get, the uh, more of a target you become. So yeah. it's just, it's, um, you know, you just really got to watch your P's and Q's. You got to cross the T's, dot the I's. You got to make sure that your terms and conditions, your privacy policy, all that stuff is managed correctly and yeah. updated and you have compliance people. Um, you know, obviously there's a certain size that, you know, I think you get to where all that stuff becomes really necessary. Yeah. And unfortunately in America, we are in the land of, you know, lawsuits and all kinds of stuff. So it's all like, doing, right? <laughs> yes. so it's like, you know, a lot of lessons, you know, that you have to learn and, and stuff that, you know, if you're just alive and you can, yeah. you're breathing, like this shit's going to happen. Like you yeah. can't even avoid it. So right. I feel like, you know, just being prepared for that, you know, having some sort of nest egg where you can, you know, you can help yourself and when those battles arise, because, you know, no matter what they they're going to happen, if you become big enough, uh, yeah. you know, you become a target. So yeah. I feel like, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's unfortunate, but no. you know, I feel like that's the advice that I would give is just a plan, you know, yeah. and, uh, try to manage as much as you can. I love that. And I think a lot of business owners don't plan for those things, right? And don't think about it until it's too late. And so that is a great piece of advice is get yourself situated, plan for worst case scenario, get all of your, you know, what ifs and oh my God happens sort of things together and get yourself a a nest egg so that God forbid we had another COVID or or you get sued or something like that, you've got enough to support yourself. So it's great, great advice. Um, okay, so Chase, where can people find you if they want to go check out um, both of the two businesses that we talked about? What's where's the best place for people to go check out your information? Yeah, profitpay.com or wishes.inc. Um, if you want to know more about me, you can go to chaseharmer.com um, and find me there. And uh, also on LinkedIn, um, that's the only social media platform that I participate in. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. So, you know, if you guys want to reach out, I'm happy to help any entrepreneurs that are looking for more advice or, um, just kicking around some ideas. Um, love to do that. I mentor at the founder Institute and help a lot of founders too. So, um, yeah, just hit me up. Let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, Chase. You gave us a lot of great information and a lot of good advice. So thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.